I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. All right, let's see what we got going on here tonight. What do we got here? 10, 14, 15, 16, 17. Really? 5, 6, 10, 14, 17. Of your 38. Wow. All right, let's just get started. I, I, you know, can everyone hear me? Y'all good? Audio good? Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Post Game Live. My name is Bill Matsumi, Director of Fun and Games for the evening. Man, you would have... Whew. Just another, eh, yeah, 4-1 loss at home. No big deal. Where was the desperation tonight? Like, where was the, we are absolutely getting back on the right track. We're getting a second win in a row. We're, fi- we're fixing it up at home. Where was it tonight? I just, I... Did anyone... <laughs> You know, I listened to some of the game on the radio, but I caught a lot of it. What, was I missing something tonight? I'm never a guy who wants to question the effort. I will question everything else first. Um, and we're going to get to the other things that I question because it's not just that. And I'm sure guys are trying hard. But, like, where was the we're putting our stamp on this season? The turnaround, the good hockey, the living up to our potential starts tonight. Where was it? You know, where was the shift from Giroux? Where was the big momentum swing from Wayne Simmons? Like, you know, I, I, you know, where's Radko Gudis laying someone out? Just something, something to give this team some, some freaking momentum. I just, I don't understand. I, I just, somebody go out there and do something, man. Like, and. A lot of uh, I, I at first rolled my eyes at all the replies to um, at all the replies to the Flyers tweet about it was uh, at the time they had 32 shots and they were leading in shots, but then uh, and, and people oh well what's that matter if it's not it's just a stat I, I at first rolled my eyes at people replying to it and like getting mad that they led in shots like would you rather them lose the shot battle you need the puck but then. They followed up the first sentence leading in the shot battle with Claude Giroux leads the way with five. Sanheim and Provorov have four apiece. So it, it was 33 shots they had. So about a quarter came from two defensemen. So they end the game with 38 shots on net, which is good. You know, you, you outshoot the other team 38-33. That's a really good way to start. However, then you got to dig a little deeper. Four shots by Gouis. Five by Sanheim, one by Haig, four by Provorov, three by Gostisbehere. 
That's what? 10, 14, 17 of your 38 shots, almost half your shots are coming from defensemen. We talk a lot on BSH Radio about the low to high and just the, the low percentage nature of, uh, of, of point shots and how, you know, yeah, it's good to get shots on goal. You need to have threatening shots. And I really think it's not just about the low to high, but the outside to inside way they play. Yes, uh, on the power play, which is struggling and... At some point, they have to cash in. Having the puck is great. Creating chances is great. You got to score because this team's power play dependent. You know, and the game, this team is so much different. They play with so much confidence when the power play is going. It's like it's like when Ryan Howard was hitting, and it just felt like it made Jimmy and Chase and Worth and Shane. It made them all hit better too. Like that, the power play. Um, and I often make the comparison to the slugger in that, sure, you go through cold streaks, but when it's hot, it carries your team. Um, a cold streak right now, but at a certain point, you just got to cash in. Like, this is what you're getting paid to do. This is where these guys make their money. Claude Giroux, Shane Gossespierre, Wayne Simmons, you guys are power play guys. You know, you're some of the best power play guys in the league. Prove it. But let me get back to my other point. Um the outside to inside nature of this offense, not just the low to high. The low to high is one thing, but I think it's a, I think it's a simple, like, it's just another part of this, that everything has to come from the outside. Yes, on the power play, you want to stretch out the defense, have your guys go from the outside to the inside, just to, you know, you already have the main advantage. If you can stretch out the D, there's going to be a lot of openings for, uh, for high danger plays. I get it on the power play. Five on five, man. I go back to the. I looked at the. Uh, who was it? The Nieto goal. Yeah, from Calvert. Calvert has the puck behind the Colorado second goal. I'm talking about. Uh, the yeah, the uh, yeah Matt Nieto from from Calvert. Um, Calvert has the puck behind the net. Walks it to walks it to about the face off dot, and then feeds a guy standing in the slot. All of it in the home plate area. The whole play was about controlling the puck in the middle of the ice and owning the middle of the ice and taking a shot from a high danger area. You just never see that with the Flyers. It's all, oh, let's just try to get a deflection from a, from a shot from, you know, 30 feet away. I, I, I just, I, I'm baffled by this team's offensive strategy. And I know you have some really good perimeter players uh, in Giroux and Voracek, but man, you need to own the middle of this ice. It's, I, I don't know. I, I just really question this offensive strategy and mix that with just the, yeah, yeah, 4-1 loss at home, whatever, whatever this game was. I just, it just wasn't, where was it tonight? Who, who gets this team going? Who stands up in the locker room and says, we have to own our home ice? I, you know. I, I, I don't understand this team. I don't understand what's wrong with them. They have so many issues. It's not any one guy. It's not any one thing, which always leads me back to the head coach. If it's, you know, if there's one issue, if I can just blame Brian Elliott, I will. You know, I'll always just blame the goalie because I hate goaltenders. But uh, what, what would a, what, what, the breakaway? Yeah, there's a lot going on there. None of the defensemen made a play in pursuit. Giroux just can't turn it over like that on that on that whiff, kind of a hard luck play for him. Um, but as soon as Landis Cog broke the blue line, like, it's automatic. Dip your shoulder, go high. Boom. Goal every single time. 
every single time on Alley. It's automatic. He never gives you that big one. Um, again, can't blame Brian Elliott for this one. Team just, I, I don't know, they did nothing. Like, it just felt like they did nothing tonight. I Let's see what you guys got. Because I'm... I have a I have my thoughts here, but I'm kind of at a loss for words. This was just, eh, this is who we are. Yeah, four one loss at home. Maybe we'll get him tomorrow. Never going, haven't won two in a row yet. Eh, we'll see. See how it goes. Uh they play good with slow physical teams and get outworked and skated by fast teams. We effing suck right now and are not a playoff team. They're not playing like a playoff team right now. And all that talk about, you know, how last year was unacceptable, just losing in the first round, losing the way they did. We have to make a statement this year. We have to get past the first round of the playoffs. We have to go on a run. All the players said that to a man. I hate Playoffs? Talk about playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? You seeing this shit? Playoffs. Uh, and too many shots are blocked. They're shooting right into defenders, and uh, they just seem lackadaisical in their play overall. Almost seem like no concentration or focus. Uh, focus. I don't know if it's concentration or focus, but they do have way too many shots blocked. And I think it's... I think it's part of the, the outside-to-inside nature. When shots have to travel so far and you need all the – when you have to connect multiple passes to get there, like it kind of telegraphs what you're going to do, makes it much easier to defend. I thought they looked good in a second. I, 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 good in a second, I couldn't read that. Yes, it's up to the players to do their jobs, no matter how many player-only meetings they have. The fact they just don't want to play for hack, the leaders are too complacent. Um, I don't know if complacency is the problem, but I don't, I can't say it's not the problem. You know, I, yeah, I, I I'm going to go on a big rant about Dave Hackstall tomorrow on BSH radio. Of course they had the game tonight. We couldn't record. We're going to record tomorrow. Show will be up for you. I have a big Dave Hackstall rant, uh, bigger picture kind of thing, but I agree. Playing very slow, no hard – yeah, like, who's getting in on the forecheck and banging bodies and just, like, making it really hard for the other team to break out? I'm just – I'm at a loss right now. Yeah, no getting dirty, no battle. Like, I – push push a team around. I, I don't know, man. Do you think Couturier is playing hurt? He looks a little off. I mean, he is playing – he's playing with an injury. I don't know – how much it's bothering him, but the, you know, the, the torn MCL is a thing. He re-aggravated it in the off season. Um, I don't know how much it's bothering him, but he's playing with something. Hey, Bill, would you juggle the lines for the Boston game? How would you juggle them uh, with the injuries and any call up from the Phantoms? Got to see what's up with Ghost. He seemed to come out and play, but that's not always an indication of a guy's long-term. If he can play through something, but then they determine, ah, you should probably sit down for a week. That happens sometimes. So we'll just see. Uh, let's let's see how he reacts, you know, when they get the pads off. Uh, I'm going to shower, go home and sleep on it, see if it swells up, whatever that is. The raffle injury. I think this is a good – like I said, um, I would like to see uh, – I would like to see Nicholas Albe Cubell come up, but it'll just probably be Vorobiev drawing in because he is the extra right now. I want to see G and Coot split. Yeah, it's it's a lot like the um um it's a lot like the Provorov and Ghost pairing where they were so effective. Excuse me, they were so effective together last year, and just haven't given you much of anything this year. It's uh. 
I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I, they like they have this idea of pairs. They they like their forward lines to be two guys um, that they keep together for extended periods of time, and the third guy is kind of the one you can bounce around. Uh, they believed in it a lot with uh, Philpola and Simmons at one point, and they liked it with um... – oh, man. Ugh. They they like it with, with Giroux and Couturier, but uh, maybe it's time to break that one up because that's kind of been the one constant here, and it was so effective last year, but hasn't been this year, and you, you got to do something. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not going to be about the line combinations. You know, the, these guys just got to – Someone's got to go make a play. Someone's got to be a good hockey player and make good hockey plays. Um, you know, Travis Sandheim seems like he's really coming along. Seems like he's really coming into his own. Uh, Nolan Patrick continues to look stronger, healthier. Um, goal again tonight. Nice deflection play there. So that's something to build on. Um, the wheel connect me. Uh, wheel connect me Limblom line continues to create pressure They're, They've been a very effective line. I'd like to just, they just need to, you know, cash in a, a little more, but I'd like to see them stay together and maybe mix and match from, uh, from your other groupings. But at the end of the day, it's not about the groupings. It's about guys going out and making plays, man. Like it doesn't matter who you're playing with. Just go out and do something. They aren't a mediocre team. That's why it's frustrating. Coaching is a high part of it. Absolutely. I, I I very much believe the players on this team have to take it upon themselves to just go out and play better. Yes, 100%. But I do think coaching is, is, is a part of it. Offensive strategy goes down with coaching. Agree. Slow start again. It certainly is. Coaching, yep. You guys are wasting your time. They don't want to play hard until they're down 1-0-2-0. By then, it's too late. Okay. Think it's time to shake up the core, whether that's Coots or Simmer. Time for a major shakeup. You can't move Sean Couturier. You don't have another center. They need to be more physical. I think there are a lot of points where um, I, they pass up a lot of hits. I know that this is a team that, uh, has some good players who want to outskill guys, and they can be good positionally and can do things like that. But sometimes it's a battle of wills. You just need to go lay a hit. And uh, I've been skeptical—not skeptical. I've been—I've been trying not to project what I want the hockey team to be onto a group of players who try to win another way. Um, but that way ain't working. So yeah, I, they do need to be more physical. Absolutely, Alyssa. Uh, battles against the boards, neutral zone, defense, goaltending, garbage team, garbage coaching, everything else. Everything is just so disappointing. I, I can't I can't argue with you, Michael. This is disappointing. Is just I'm not even mad. I'm disappointed. I'm I'm you know <laughs> I'm like your mom when I, when she found your pot in your drawer, man. Like I'm not even mad. I'm disappointed, you know. Coaches should be able to get the most out of their players year after year. It's pretty much the same thing. I was there, and they did nothing. It just seemed like it was just a lot of going through the motions out there tonight. I, I, I'm never the effort guy. I, I want to blame so many other things. Like, I'm blaming the outside-to-inside strategy. I'm blaming, you know, goaltending to a point. Not tonight. I don't just mean tonight. Uh but overall, goaltending has been an issue. But, I mean, tonight it's 
Like, go out in there and make a play. The goalie can't score goals for you. Um, I, I'm, I'm blaming the power play. You're supposed to be a good power play. You needed it tonight, and it wasn't there at all. I want to blame all those things, but I just had this feeling watching tonight. Like, they just didn't have it. Sounds like they're playing to get the coach fired. You know, I thought that last year in the 10-game losing streak, and it didn't work. So if that's their strategy, they might want to think up another one because uh, – <laughs> If the coach sticks, if the GM sticks with the coach through a 10-game losing streak, I, you know. If by chance uh, this ends up a lost season, still early, it would make the decision to cut ties with Wayne far easier, get him on a contender for a haul. I don't know how much of a haul you can get for a rental at this point. Um, I've said all along, letting Wayne walk in free agency wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, but that was based on the idea that what he gave you down the stretch and through what I thought could have been a decent playoff run was more valuable than some second or third round pick, you know, uh, a bunch of futures, whatever, some B-level prospects. Um, I still believe that because I do think that this team's going to turn it around to some extent. Like if you were to ask me, do I think this team is going to make the playoffs? I do because I've seen this team do this many times and I just see a more talented group than they're showing. I think they can turn it around. Um, but at what point do they get better? At what point are they better than what they've been? Bubble playoff team that scratches its way in and loses in the first round. Um, you know, the loss sucks, but a positive note, it's nice to see Patrick get another goal. Slow start was, uh, yeah, it was about Patrick and I think Sandheim. There's some positives to take away from everything, but we just can't seem to string together a bunch of positives on a, on a given night, let alone, like, two games in a row. Ghost shouldn't have played after he went down. If he can go, he can go. Players play. I guess this means they win against Boston on Thursday. I'd be impressed if they won against Boston, you know. Even though they're doing this back-and-forth thing, whatever. If they beat Boston, I'd be impressed with that win just because Boston... Boston's got one of the best first lines in hockey. Uh, they have some players. They, they're they just, uh, you know, I just like... I like what they're doing better than I like what the Flyers are doing right now. Seeing people say Sandheim for Nylander, that wouldn't be good for the Flyers. Um, I can't say it would be the worst thing in the world. I just hate to start there. Uh, but if I'm Kyle Dubas, that's where I'm – I mean, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm asking for Provorov, and then I'm, you know, settling for uh, for Sandheim. Um, this team does need to score. I would love to see William Nylander in here, but I don't know how realistic it is. I don't know. Uh, Hextall's not in a big hurry to trade any of his uh, trade any of his young guys. Um, I don't think Dubas is in a big hurry to trade Nylander. I think he's going to wait it out, and I think Nylander, at the end of the day, would prefer to be a Maple Leaf. Um, they're going to come to some sort of agreement. I'd be surprised if he gets traded. Flyers are a team that pads the stats on mediocre goalies, low quality chances at even even at even strength is the MO. I can't disagree. One of the problems with low high strategy is fast 
fast opportunistic teams pick off the passes and take them the other way, that's absolutely an issue. When you see so many, uh, so many odd man rushes, breakaways, so many opportunities for opponents to, um, you know, use the Flyers almost like having a good shift against them. When the Flyers do have a good shift and just one little bouncing puck turns into a goal the other way, it's like, all right, well, you know, if we were behind the net and that puck rolls out into the slot rather than we're, we're at the top of the circle, we're at the hash marks and putting it out to the, putting it out to the point, and it's like, it's just, I, uh. There's a there's a case to be made for giving your three best centers a line of their own. Yeah, yeah. Sanheim, Haig, and Gudis have been solid. Our D problems exist with our forwards. They need to check themselves when they wreck themselves. Um, it is somewhat the uh, somewhat the forwards. Absolutely, Haig has been up and down, but I think he's been overall more solid than last year. I think he's on a good trajectory to just prove he's a nice, solid NHL player. Uh, Sanheim and Gudis have been have been impressive together. Sanheim really coming into his own. Um, yeah, I think team defense is as big of an issue as individuals who actually play the defense position. But on a shift to shift basis, a lot of the defenders leave something to be desired. How many more weeks until JVR's return? I can't remember what it is. Uh, what was it, like four to six weeks at the time? It's been like, what, two? So at least another two weeks, I would guess. TK looked horrible tonight. He was fighting the puck all night. Yeah, and it wasn't – like I just saw a lot of bounces. I, I think he had a bad luck night more than anything. Um, certainly not the guy we've seen to start the year in terms of uh, opportunities. And, you know, the last couple games he's actually cashed in some of those opportunities for goals. Um, yeah, I, I think he had a hard luck night more than anything. PK coach has to go. Absolutely. He does. Who should take over as head coach who is out there and available. That would be better at this point. Uh, it's not even about being better. It's about the guys in the room, um, hearing and getting something different, trying a different strategy, whatever. I threw out Daryl Sutter the other night as half of a joke, but honestly, I wouldn't hate it just as a, let's see what happens kind of thing interim for the end of the year, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you move on. Um, Follin and Ghost together is not a good pair. I would have to agree. And Daryl used my Sutter idea. Uh, David, I think one big problem with this team is they don't do the little things. <laughs> it's so fascinating about how dead the building is. I told Kelly that I think it's the building's job to get them hyped to start the game. But if they're down early, then there's nothing to cheer about. Yeah, I'm a guy who who has, you know, mentioned the home crowd fans as somewhat um, – it's just a very sterile environment is what I'll say a lot of the time. But, uh, you know, when, when this is what happens at home, I mean, yeah. think about the playoffs last year. Game three, first one at home, 5-1. Game four, second one at home, 5 nothing. The uh, – what was it, game six? get a two-goal lead halfway through the game, five five unanswered. Opening night at home, they lose eight to two. Like, what are the people who buy tickets supposed to think? And, and like, that's I, I, I've criticized the home fans before, but at a certain point, wh what am I cheering? What, 
why? Why am I amped up? Um, I would suggest if that's the way you feel, don't spend your money. Um, but people like to go. I get it. I like to go. I like to go to games. It's fun. Uh, but I, I just can't. Ugh. Do you think if we miss the playoffs, Hack's gone? I would hope so. Um, depends on how things play out. Like if it, you know, if they get themselves going in November and things are starting to look good, and you know, they're down to their ninth goalie again, I don't think they can blame that on the coach. But if the season basically just goes like this and they're a mediocre team all year, you'd have to fire the coach. If they didn't, I would really, really and like I've given Hextall a lot of credit um, for what the or organizationally what the Philadelphia Flyers hockey club um was when he took over in 2014 after the 2013-14 season and where they are now and that's getting something for the vets you could move it's drafting well it's 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 all the things that they've done getting out of salary cap hell um you know putting together a really good farm system, all the stuff that Hextall has done well to get here. I agree with his plan. Um, but now it's about, as he said, taking the next step. And if he proves incapable of doing that, they need to get somebody who can. Did not look like a team tonight against New Jersey. There was a lot more support on the puck. Yeah, they, it just – they seem so loose. Like, I, I I can't even put into words. They just didn't – it looked like a scrimmage out there for, for a lot of the game. I don't know. You guys seem surprised. I don't get it. It's the same team you've been watching the past three to four years now. There's nothing new. But there is. Look at what the roster was three and four years ago. It's much different now. And it's – at a certain point, you're supposed to take a step forward because the veterans are the veterans. They're here. You know what you're getting out of them. They're new, better role players now. Your defense is more mature. It is a much different team than it was when Hextall took over. I can't deal with Elliott and his awful goals against average. I'm ready for Neuvert's couple of good games. Goals against average is a team stat. Um I would say save percentage and goals save above GSAA goals saved above average is a little bit more telling of a goalie's individual performance. Goals against is 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 a team stat. Can we start talking about a future top line of Farabee, Hughes, Konechny? The, the the Hughes thing isn't happening. Moose was not the problem. No, I didn't say I, – I, I'm not blaming this game at all on Brian Elliott. I think on that breakaway, he conceded. Um, but don't give up a breakaway. I, I get it. Um, sure. Um, Moose has been a problem at points this year. But no, no, I, I – by no means I'm saying he was an issue tonight. Uh, I just didn't like – just didn't like at all what I saw out of him on that breakaway goal. Bill, is there enough talent on this team to take the next level? If so, when does Hexy pull the plug on this coaching staff? Um, that's a great question. I, I was thinking about that like halfway through the game tonight. Maybe some of these guys just aren't as good as we thought they were. And I hate to say it, but we just need more. And it's early. It is very early. But 
at a certain point, you can't just be, oh, well, he's making opportunities. He's around the puck. They're going to come. When? When? Let's say they fire Hack. Who do you bring in? I'm saying Daryl Sutter just as a um, a guy with experience, a guy who knows how to uh, – a guy who Hextall is familiar with. Um, I don't think there would be a big curve for a lot of guys with Sutter. Uh, I, I would give him the interim tag for the rest of the year and then do an actual coaching search uh, after this season. But And if he does a great job, sure, keep him, see what happens. Uh, but – you know, it's not even about who else is out there at this point. It's about if you believe in the talent on the club. And that's that's like the um, that's the intellectual exercise the GM has to go through. If you believe the players are good enough, if you believe in what you've done organizationally and the product you've put on the ice, and they continue to underachieve, then it has to be the coach. And at that point, it's more about just making the change than about someone who you think is a, a Stanley Cup caliber coach or whatever. Um, it's about this guy isn't getting the job done, so we can't continue to allow this to happen. It is, am it is amazing how good goaltending can save teams. Varlamov is so much better than Elliott. Yeah, no, no, um, no questions there. Uh, I don't – you can only use the hot goaltender excuse so much, though. Um, and I don't think that's what you're trying to do here, Matt. I, I agree that, obviously, goaltending covers up flaws. And when you're a team like the Flyers who struggle to create high-danger chances and then the few that you do make, the goalie negates, like, it's really tough to win that way. And when, at the other end, you're a little looser in the defensive zone and every high-danger chance goes – and I'm not just talking about tonight, I mean – grand scheme, but tonight uh, the few chances they, they did have Varlamov negated, and I don't think Elliot did much. Uh, again, Elliot not the problem, but yeah, Varlamov better than him. Carolina looks more like what I thought we'd look like this year. Carolina's putting it together. It's about time. They made a, uh, they made a hell of a trade in the offseason. Uh, I would have liked to see something like that here, but such as life, I suppose. The team will turn it around at some point. However, do you think there are any realistic shakeups to the team Hextall may choose to do if the skip continues? He hasn't been a big shakeup guy, but it'll be interesting to see how he, he reacts if things continue going this way. That's, that's all I can say is I'm very much looking at him um, – if he believes in what he did organizationally uh, with, the, with the players he put on the ice, and this is just a win-one-lose-one team for a month, two months, you got to do something. You can't just let the season be a waste, you know? So we'll see. JVR getting hurt didn't help. It certainly didn't. But if you're that dependent on one guy, you're screwed anyway. See, I wouldn't be impressed. Uh, I guess, oh, wow, I'm way behind. I guess this is about the Boston game. Uh, I wouldn't be impressed if they beat Boston. I'd say, of course you won, of course, because that's what they do. Win one, lose one. I wouldn't be impressed, just uninspired, because that's become the status quo. 
if they beat a team that I think is better than them, I'd be impressed no matter what. Uh, would I think it would matter in the long term when I think about what's wrong with this team? No, but if they put together an effort good enough to beat a team I think that's better than them, I'd be impressed by that. I actually think Gritty could get this team to win more than Hack can. Maybe Hexy grooming him. Anything's possible. There's a ton of angst in the thread. Settle down, guys. There's still time here. It's not about time. I Like I said, I think they're going to get this thing together at least enough to basically do what they did last year. Uh, make a nice little run, be a three seed, um, and get eliminated in the first round. But this year was supposed to be about taking a step. And if they don't do that, it's just how many years of the same thing can go on because when Hextall took over up until last year, it was supposed to be the same thing. And I get it, and I'm on board with it. It was Giroux and Voracek are going to carry us, and it's that. That's who this team is. You know, Gostaspare is going to do his thing. Uh, we'll put the pieces in. You know, Wayne Simmons is going to get a bunch of power play goals, and we, we're we not going to make any trades to boost the short term because we're building something. Cool. Got it. Understood. Uh, Giroux and Voracek, to their credit, are good enough basically to take a team to the playoffs or at least be playoff contenders uh, by themselves, more or less. But now the team uh, supposedly has some depth. Now the team is supposedly more mature. It's about taking another step. And if that doesn't happen, and they're just the, then they are the same team. Because I'm rejecting the premise that they've been the same um, this whole time because the circumstances have been wildly different. Um, I go back to the uh, to the first to the five of, to the to the lockout basically Forsberg and all that shit coming out of the lockout. Flyers are going for it. Boom. Okay, we're going for it. You also made some good draft picks, Richards and Carter, and all that stuff. You bring in uh, that when that whole thing blows up, uh, twenty-two and sixty team JVR, all that. But then we're still continuing to go for it. Sign Briere, sign Jason Smith. Uh, bring in Hartnell and Teeman in, bring in Scotty Upshaw, put him with the young guys, you know, Joffrey Lupul. You did that whole thing. Go get Pronger uh, in 2010. And you get all the way to the Stanley Cup final from like 08 to 2011, 2012. They were a legit Stanley Cup contender. They didn't get it done, uh, and that's disappointing, but they were. And then Holmgren kept thinking they were, and they weren't, you know? And that that circumstance is different. He put the team in such a hole chasing his own tail that when Hextall took over, he had to change the organization. So since then, the circumstance has been much different. It hasn't been about going for it. It has been about we have to get out of this cycle of no cap space, no picks, no prospects. Um, we have to break that. They have now. They have broken that, and they've changed the organization. So I reject the premise that it's been the same team for six years because it just hasn't. But now they're supposed to take a step forward. And if they don't, it's not about there being enough time. It's about when is the step forward? Because at a certain point, Claude Drew is going to be 36 and hoping he keeps putting up points at the rate he does is not going to be realistic anymore. Noivy, Folan, Weiss, and Gritty for Nylander. Get it done, Ron. Uh, what the heck has happened to Provorov? He was minus three tonight. Dude's having trouble. Dude's having trouble right now. Um, again, a guy I expect to get it together. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if his shoulder's still bothering him. The way he's carrying the puck, I kind of think it is. But he carries the puck in a weird way to begin with. Um, I, uh, 
I wish I had an an answer for what's the matter with Provorov because this team has lacked a number one defenseman since Chris Pronger got hurt. Uh, Kimo Timonen was very good. I wouldn't call him a number one guy. You know, and he, of course, after the Pronger injury, Timonen started to age rapidly. So they really haven't had what you could call a number one guy for a while. Um, they need one badly. Provorov is supposed to be it. And this team is built on the premise that they have one. His name is Ivan Provorov. And if he's not that guy, you're you're in a little bit of trouble. I, he needs to figure it out. I believe he will, but it's another one of those, all right, let's see it, when situations. Someone needs to get traded because it seems like the room is complacent. Again, I don't know if complacency is the issue, but I can't say it's not. Um, Charlie and I talk – Charlie and I both love uh, Moneyball. Um and there's a scene where Billy Bean just says, I have to shake things up because, uh, you know, it just seems like while I believe in what I put on the field, the, the personality of the team isn't right. Um, you know, and that's when, of course, he sells uh, Jeremy Giambi to the Phils and all that. But uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm, Ed Wade, love the guy. Mm. Anyway, it, 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 I'm getting to the point where Maybe something like that is necessary. Lawton looks good. He does, Matt. Lawton does continue to look good. Um, again, if Lawton is your bright spot on offense, you have some problems. If Lawton is suddenly your second-line left winger because he's looked like your best forward all year, awesome for Lawton. Again, I've said on, on this show multiple times, I'm really, really happy for Scott Lawton. Um I'm glad the guy's etched out a role for himself. I'm glad we're seeing the best version we've ever seen of Scott Lawton. All that. If he's your best bright spot on offense, you're not doing nearly enough. You're not you're either you don't have enough good players or your good players haven't shown up enough. Chris Tarian is the head coach. Uh, you know what, Brian? I'd be all for it. I freaking love Chris Tarian. I really, I really do. My friends make fun of me all the time for it. Uh, it's like in, uh, it's like in Big Daddy when Adam Sandler says his friends make him make fun of him all the time for listening to Sticks. Um, <laughs> I'm a big Chris Tarian fan. I was when I was a kid too. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind at all. I would love to to not go back to the old boys network kind of thing. Oh, well, he's a former flyer. Let's do it. Uh, all that kind of shit. Um, but sir, whatever. Chris Tarion, I'll take him over Dave Haxtell any day of the week. Keith Jones too. I'd be scared to get a new GM. We have seen what a bad GM can do to a team. Absolutely. Um, and that's the that's why I don't want overreactive stuff. I'd hate to break up the base that Hextall finally built that he worked to build. However, um, laying the foundation, I, I think I used the uh, pouring all the puzzle pieces out on the table and then putting the puzzle together might be two different things. And just because you can do one doesn't mean you can do the other. Um, I'll use the Phillies again. Like Ed Wade and Mike Arbuckle. Ed Wade and Mike Arbuckle, percentage-wise, had as much to do with the 2008 World Series 
as uh, as Pat Gillick did. However, extreme, um, extreme Stephen A. Smith voice. However, um, Pat Gillick's the champ because he put the pieces together and put the finishing touches on the thing. Uh, that doesn't make the work Ed Wade and especially Mike Arbuckle and drafting and running the player development and everything did, but you have to actually get it done. And it's two different sets of skills. I don't know if Hextall has the put the pieces together one. He has the pour the pieces on the table. He's done that very well. I, I again, love what he's done from 2014 up until August of this year. Um, now, it's about more than that. They have too many D that are offensive-minded. It shows I want nothing but offensive-minded D uh, because the breakout is the most important thing in hockey. Uh, if you're in the defensive zone, you've already lost. I don't care if you're good in defensive zone coverage. It's not. It doesn't matter because being playing defense is basically illegal now. It's really you're not allowed to defend. You can block some shots and do some things, but you're not allowed to defend anymore. Uh, you need to win races, get to the puck, win the battle, get it up, get it out, and get on offense. That's what it's all about, transitioning. And guys who can skate, guys who can basket, guys who can handle the puck are far more – are just far more valuable. You, I would take six of them uh, because breaking out is the most important thing in hockey. Once you're in the, once you're in the defensive zone, it shows – You're always going to have these offensive offensive struggles with the three C playing one C. Uh, goal totals last year were seventy five percent from the blue paint and created by G. I, I Sean Couturier does need to step it up offensively because you're kind of depending on him now. I, it's going to be that having a good shutdown two way center who can get to the paint and create goals is important. And if you have you know, a playmaking left winger like like Sean Couturier, and you have someone on the right side who can make plays as well. Uh, I'm not crazy about the Simmons thing. I think that was kind of put together last game in order to get them ready for this game because that's a pretty good two-way line, and you needed to be able to match with uh, you needed to be able to match with Colorado. And in the next game against Boston, you're going to be able to, you're going to need to match with them too. I don't hate it. Um, that said, they do need to they knew they do need to create more offense, and that also has to do with the depth. Uh, your two C has to do more. Nolan Patrick coming back now is is starting to get it going. Uh, I've again I've really liked the Limblom wheel connect me line, but that line has to uh, that line actually has to put some pucks in the net. It can't just be all they're creating the most pressure, they're getting the most chances. That's nice because those things lead to goals, but they have to. They have to lead the goals eventually. Um, didn't see that tonight. If they're going to be an average team, fine, but they should at least come out on home ice fired up and ready to go. Sure, some nights it may not be there, but it should be there more often than not. 100% agree, and they just haven't given – the home building just isn't an advantage because – the crowd can't feed off the team, and if that's true, then the team can't feed off the crowd, and it's both 
everyone's just going through the motions out there. As for the talent bid, I think we we're almost there, but still missing a key piece. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, why did the struggle to find a natural goal scorer had multiple chances to score and couldn't finish? You know, goal scoring is a uh, – it's absolutely a skill, but it's kind of um, – it's kind of like that you don't really trade for a natural goal scorer unless you need that to put you over the top. It's kind of like that uh, that elite running back in football. You need so many other things that unless you have them, that one piece really won't win you games. Um, that said, I do believe the Flyers have enough pieces that they should have some more – natural goal scoring ability they thought they went out and kind of addressed part of that issue at least with uh with jvr and he gets hurt you know four four periods into the season so we haven't really seen that pay off yet but it's one of the things that i really was hoping they would address in the draft uh this year maybe farabee is that guy but there's some more um some more scorers out there that they could address i I want to see when it all comes together if if Hextall values it more, but he really hasn't yet. That said, you know, it was supposed to be JVR this year. What Carolina trade are you talking about? Uh, they 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 brought in Dougie Hamilton. I have seen a few teams sitting stars to make a point. Do you see this as a possibility? Um, maybe. Um, Hackstall's been really, uh, he, he's not been a guy who's sat many veterans, so I'd be surprised, but they need something right now. We are fine. We need to put our young goalies in. Elliot needs to sit two games for that. I am. What young like I guess uh, Stolarz could probably get a shot. Um, he's probably your your best upside guy of the players they're probably willing to bring up at this point. Um, you know, Alex Lyons, Alex Lyon. I don't believe in him as a as a difference maker. He's probably you know his ceiling is like decent enough backup. I'd say, but we'll see. Uh, I, I don't care who they play in net at this point. It doesn't really matter. They need to score goals. Vorobiev has got to get back into the lineup. Young guy's got to play. Yeah, with the with the injury now, he's got to. You got to put him at least on the fourth line and see how it goes. Um, uh, Vorobiev isn't a guy to me that who's make or break in the lineup, but I think he brings enough good two way play and some creativity with the puck on his stick that they could use him absolutely. I'm just waiting to see Hack put Knight in over Vrobiev next game, and that will be something we can complain about. Um, you know, it's what was it? The last game that Corbin Knight played after hearing all summer or hearing all training camp about what kind of penalty killer he was, uh, he played zero minutes and zero seconds in that situation. So, you know, if that's not 
you know, if he's here as a penalty kill specialist and doesn't play on the penalty kill, what's uh, what are we doing? Provy is going through a bit of a slump right now. He's still young. There will be an important test for him as to how quick he can shake it off. It will say a lot about him long-term on how he handles this. And, again, I'm not worried about Provorov's maturity and handling this. Uh, I, I'm not worried about what he is long-term. I think I know he's very good. Um, I believe him to be a very good hockey player. Um, I believe him to be a very mature, hard-working guy. All that said, he needs to shake this off and be the guy they need him to be because he's a very important piece of this team. Need to get two players for Simmons? I mean, you would, but they'd be like... <laughs> you know? Eh. <laughs> you'd get like a third pair. You'd get another Andrew McDonald and another Michael Roffel at best for Wayne Simmons if you got roster players. I think the Flyers are all just too predictable with the puck. All they ever do is throw it around the boards, dump and chase, shut the boards down, shut the Flyers down. Yeah, and that goes back to the perimeter play. They are, um, again, on the on, on the power play, I understand using the perimeter to, you, to your advantage to stretch out the D, but when everything is get it to the, ha get it to the half wall, then get it to the point, well, how are you – even if they had a natural goal, like if they had a sniper, when would he shoot, you know? Seems the forwards don't mark uh, don't mark up in the defensive zone, leaving opposing players wide open. You know, they made a big deal of that on the radio broadcast tonight because of that first line and the first uh, D pair that uh, Colorado rolls out there. How, um, you know, the trailer, the, the, you know, the third, fourth, fifth guy into the zone, you need to look out for them, and the Flyers do a little bit too much puck watching when they're back-checking. Off topic, did you hear about Roman Reigns? I heard he, I heard something, but I'm gonna when I'm done this and get it all posted and shit, that's when I watch uh I'm gonna watch Raw, so I'm gonna find out more, Brian. Uh, and Val Philpola is killing it online on Long Island. Take that advanced metrics. I mean, you get enough playing time, you're gonna play well, but it wasn't did you need advanced metrics to tell you Philpola was bad last year? I mean, he couldn't skate. He couldn't keep up. That has nothing to do with Anything other than him. I, what He sucks. Why do the Flyers continue to stand still at the offensive blue line waiting for those stupid stretch passes instead of hitting the line with speed? They just don't move their feet. Yeah, they do. They... I, I, they do a lot of things offensively. I just... I, I don't understand. Hey, Bill, how about Hextall interim coach, Lombardi more active role with Hexy coaches and evaluates his team from a coach's perspective? I just, um, yeah, sure, that's that's fine. Yeah, why not? But I just don't see it happening. They were outskated by Colorado the whole night. And Colorado's a good, fast, young team. I get it. You know, you're not going to you're not gonna be the fastest team on the ice every night. The Flyers usually aren't. Um, but they have played good games against fast teams at different points this year. So I, I, it just seemed like there was no second 
level tonight. Like they just they were just in first all night. I don't know. Still amazes me. We traded out of drafting Keith for Bellows. Chris, you're talking to me. You're talking to me, my man. I wanted Chief Keith real bad. This team cannot skate or handle the puck. Colorado looked like a well-coached team. The Flyers didn't. Can't disagree with you there, Jeff. Uh, from the day Hexie and Haxie were put together, a uh, better team or worse. A few were the same or worse. I can't say they're worse. I... I separate Hextall from a lot just because I realized the other level things he was doing. But again, now we're into the step two. Now we're into step two, and you need to do step two things. I thought the JVR signing was one of those things. Um, and I honestly thought Vorobiev winning the 3C job and some different things like that were at, you know, Sanheim uh, getting paired with Gudis and being in the, being a being a lineup regular. I thought that was some step two. I'm getting better as well. Stuff from from Dave Haxtell, but uh, this team's got to win, man. That's all there is to it. I'm just tired of watching all the blind pass mistakes in the offensive zone. They play like a team that's like a team that's going to put up nine goals a game. Like they're they 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 play like Harlem Globetrotters hockey. Sometimes, and it's, you know, man, get dirty. Get a puck into the slot and rip it. Just hit it as hard as you fucking can from as close as you can get. Why does he still insist on being called Dougie? I, you'd have to ask him, man. That's his name. Thank God Alex Lyon is not the answer. I don't understand the people who like him. He came in and did an admirable job when they were just out of goaltenders last year. Uh, I think the best thing he did probably was not be named Peter Morozik. But I, I, I like the guy, and I'm rooting for him. I hope he, he proves me wrong. But to think, oh, yeah, put in Alex Lyon, and our goalie situation is improved, I'm just like, no, it isn't. It'll be the same, just a different dude, which, hey, I'm not to reconnect. They'll just be the same with a different dude, which I'm not saying there's no value in that. I'd rather just see someone else than the same guy fail over and over. But <sighs> you need a really good goalie. The way this team is playing and being coached, I don't know if I want Carter Hart called up now. I'm not concerned about Hart, but I'm very concerned about the team. I don't want him called up now because I want him to get used to – I want him to get in a routine. I want him to just be confident in who he is before he's called up. It doesn't make sense to call him up now. It's, it's, not about the, it's not about anything other than when he's ready. When he's ready is when he should play. If that's tomorrow, if that's in February, if that's in game one of the playoffs, if that's opening night next year. Whenever he's ready, I don't care what the rest of the team is doing. I don't care about anything got to be about him because they really, really are counting on him panning out. Sandheim skating with confidence is an upside, is an upside attacking uh, deep, jumping up on plays. Sandheim has really looked good this year, especially the last few games, playing with a lot of confidence. Um, no, Sandheim is one of the bright spots right now, without a doubt. We won't get much for Simmons. It might be better just let him walk regardless. Uh, and again, it depends on situation. If, if, you know, 
they're five out of the wild card at the deadline, then it's a different story. I just don't expect that to be the case. Um, if you can get something for him, get something for him in that. I just expect them to be making a push at that point, and you don't subtract from a team. Uh, playoff experience is good for everybody. That third goal was on Giroux. Yeah, Giroux, it, that was a tough luck play there. You know, he whiffs on the play. There's a guy right on him. Um, he needs to not let that happen, but it did. And it would be a big momentum save if Brian Elliott made it and he didn't. Um, again, I'm not blaming this game on Brian Elliott. I'm just saying you need something more out of guys sometimes, and he never gives it to him. There's 100%, there's 100% something to them not playing well at home. It's so tense in there in person on TV. Home games just need to, uh, home games just need to feel opposing. We always play like a fan holding a gun to the team's head. Uh, but if, if, if you can't deal with the pressure of your fans expecting more out of you, you're not good enough. Like, uh, uh, again, I've, I've criticized the atmosphere at the Wells Fargo Center multiple times. However, what are like are people supposed to be happy with what they're seeing? It was opening night and you lost eight to two. Like if I paid money for that, I, I'd be fucking furious. Uh I, I you know, I don't think it's much I don't think it's too much to ask that the team comes out and plays hard in the first period at home. Um in front of fans who love them that haven't seen a cup you know, since 1975. Like, I don't think that's too much to ask. Haig, uh, Provorov, Ghost, Sanai, Myers, and Moran. Now, that can end up being the best total decor in the league. That makes me optimistic about the future. Agree. Um, they have to show it. I mean, there's some nice potential there. I love I love Gossesbury. He's my favorite player in a long time in this organization. Sandheim starting to live up to the you know the first round pedigree. Provorov's in a slump, but I like him. Haig is up and down. Uh, I think he's starting to show some some signs of what he could be uh, long term. You know, Myers is. You know, he, he's got to crack the NHL lineup. He needs to dominate in the in the AHL and get called up. And Moran's Moran. I, 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 again, I'm a Moran fan. I want to see him up here. I think he brings an element they need. Um, but he's had opportunities the last two years and been hurt. So can't blame a guy for injuries, but, yeah, you can. You know, can't make the club on the tub. You know, he's been in the tub. I think Stolarz is better than Lyon anyway. Uh, true talent-wise, yes. We just, you know, Stoli's had health issues. He needs to play his way back into uh, consistency. Carter Hart is not even close to being ready. And I that's, yeah, I, I understand that. Just rented Sorry to Bother You. Oh, man, that movie's great, Zach. You're going to really enjoy it. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on Hackstall? I love him. I think he's the best coach in the league. Call Chirelli, Haig for Puglia Yarvi, straight up. Done, man. Vigneault is intriguing. Eh. How much of this system of play by the coaching staff influenced by the flat-footedness? There just doesn't seem to be emo uh, enough emotion. Um, I mean, if flat-footedness is the problem, drawing everything back to the point is a, a terrible idea, and it has been so far. It's led to so many turnovers, I, you know. Is it 50-50 with the leadership on the team and coaching getting team ready for puck drop or just solely on the coach? Seems like this has been an issue for a few years. The team consistently doesn't look ready to play a puck drop. Uh, I don't – I think that it's on the coach to an extent. I don't think it's on any one player or group of players, the leaders, whatever. Every guy on the team needs to just be ready to go. You're at fucking work. Like, work starts when the puck drops, you know? Like, I don't know what <laughs> – when warm-ups are going, you need to be in the mindset that I'm going to go out there and kill somebody when this puck drops. You need to be dying to get out on the ice. You need to be like a caged animal, especially at home, man. Because if you lay a huge hit on that first shift, what do you think's going to happen? Like, score a goal in the first two minutes, what do you think that building's going to be like? And as much as I criticize the home crowd, like, come on. Every single player has to take it upon themselves to say, I'm going to make the momentum play early in this game that just gets everyone going. Because when this crowd and this team feed off of each other, it's a different team. We just haven't been able to see it in a while because they're not giving you the – they're just not giving it to you. That simmer spin around play on the power play is infuriating. It seems to never work. I'd love to see Chris Pronger coach this team. I would not. He that would not work. <laughs> Flyers hockey is always boring, but BSH Radio always delivers. Thanks, Bill and others. I got to entertain my – I'm working to entertain myself here too, man, you know. Looking forward to BSH Radio tomorrow. What will be the key topics? Thanks again for doing post-game. Key topics are going to be everything we touched on tonight. I have a uh, big-picture Dave Hackstall rant. We're going to do some things. Oh, wow, we're over an hour. Uh, Patrick to 1C, why not? All right, guys, that's gonna be that's gonna be it. Uh, Tom made a good point. Uh, you said every player needs to be like a cage animal, puck drop. Uh, that's the problem. Hack doesn't believe in wasted emotion. Uh, wasted emotion is s snapping your stick when you give up a goal. Like that's the so wasted emotion is getting caught up in a in a one on one, uh, you know, trash talking back and forth kind of. You cross check me, I cross check you. Battle not just seething to go out there and make a play like that's playing with proper emotion it's hockey y you can play for minutes at a time with no stoppages it's not like football where okay something happened for four seconds and everybody regroup okay guys this is what we're gonna do okay go 
All right, is everybody ready? Yes, okay, we're ready. Give me the ball, okay. And then you start over again. Like, hockey is a game played on emotion. It's a game where you have to use everything at your disposal because nothing is nothing is set. It's a, it's a reactive game nonstop. Um, I, I don't believe in that as the wasted emotion part that Hackstall was talking about when he's made those comments in the past. Because this team is a team that let their emotions get away from them sometimes. Um, and sometimes it worked to their benefit because they would drag the other team into some sort of nonsense. But more times than not, they'd just be – and we would just see the Flyers either balloon or deflate, you know – so rapidly that and it still happens to some degree uh you know a a a momentum goal for the a momentum goal for the opposition um turns into two because they're so just bummed that they gave up the one the other team comes down tech 10 seconds and scores right off the face off you know um i still think that happens to some degree but i i don't think the being ready to go, being ready to lay that big hit, being ready to get in on the forecheck right away, just wanting to go out there and will the team to victory. I don't think that's the type of wasted emotion Hackstall. And I'm, maybe it is. Maybe Hackstall is just the worst dude in America. But when um, that wasted emotion thing that he talked about, I don't think that is what he was talking about. Hockey Night in Canada reporting he is on the hot seat. We've heard that for a while now, that the ownership group is not happy. Um, you know, with, with Ed Snyder, it would be very obvious that the owner wasn't happy because the owner would fire the coach or come out and say, hey, the you know, <laughs> the captain is whatever. Or he, 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 would, he would make – he would have no problem in, uh, in making changes, ripping the team, whatever needed to be done. Um, but we've been hearing for a little while now that, you know, the feedback they get from their season ticket holders who are very valued customers, they don't like the personality of this team. And if the customer ain't happy, you know, the company ain't happy. So it's something to keep an eye on. I think he very well could be on the hot seat. I hope he is. I want a different coach. I really, really do. That said, if other things aren't changed about the way this team plays, the coach is a part of it. Absolutely. But these players have taken on themselves to, to be better. That's, you know. All right, guys, that's all the time we have for you tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at an hour six now. Thanks. There's still some people hanging out. Thank you so much for hanging. I didn't even think I was going to have time to do this tonight. I was running all around all day. Uh, finally got home to be able to watch the game. And I'm very happy I was able to hang out with you because, um, I'm not going to see a therapist. This is, this is my therapy. I think we do it together. We talk through our shit together and it's, it's, it's important to be able to get it out because my friends are honestly tired of hearing me and my hot takes. They say, Bill, we've had enough of, of your goddamn material. Can't you just have a conversation with me like a normal person? You're not a radio host right now. And I say, absolutely not. It's time for some more takes. Uh, this is what I think about the Flyers offense. And then they just stop inviting me places. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Thanks for hanging out. I'll be back whenever the hell they play next. I don't even know. Sleep this one off, guys. I'm going to have a beer and watch wrestling. Have a great week, everybody.
Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. <laughs>